0: took a few minutes yesterday, and I do it often. Thank you, Lord, for our life. Thank you. You know, I know that some people has less, some has more, but I'm grateful for what God has given us and what he has given you. Amen, or what he's given you and what he's given us. Anyway, we want to welcome our um, internet audience right now, and thank you for you that are joining us and you that will be joining us, I just believe that God has something good to say. God always has something good to say. You know, I've never heard God say anything bad. He always says something good. God is a good God. Thank you. Thank you. God is a good God. Amen. Well, it's certainly wonderful to be able to wake up in the morning and when you wake up in the morning, you know, you can see and put your feet on the floor and you can walk around. You know, that's that's something to be grateful and thankful for. And I'm grateful that I I got up this morning in my right mind. Amen. Well, this is Father's Day, as you well know, and I want to give a big shout out to the good fathers. Uh, You know, those that have been responsible, those that have trained their children right, taken them to church and shown them how to fulfill the dreams and and to all the fathers that's been godly and done what you're supposed to do and been interested in your children or child, whichever. And I wanna applaud the the fathers that's taken interest. You know, I'm sure I didn't know how to do everything right. Um, you know, I would never been a father before, so it was a learning process with me. Now, my dad was a great example. Uh, my dad was incredible. And you know, you that didn't have a dad to show you or teach you, and you may not have um, understood what life was all about because of that, but when you come to Jesus, you have a father that will show you how to be a good person, and so I'm. I'm giving a shout out to the responsible, honorable fathers, and you that are not. Bless you anyway, and I hope you get your act together. And uh, and and <laughs> and I want to say to those that call themselves fathers and they're divorced or they're never never married, they're uh, they're, they're whatever you know. Their partner, their night over, their sleepover, or whatever. uh, I want to say to those fathers that's never done what they should have done by paying their child support and being involved in their children's life i pray you get your eyes open and start supporting your i mean you said this is father's day pastor well i know i'm i've got a little idea what fathers is all about after i've lived as long as i have and so the fathers that have not been an example i pray that they get their eyes open because that's what i, I am grateful for and my son david sent me a a wonderful a message this morning and said dad thank you for being such an example so I feel like I'm on cloud nine and then uh, my wife sent me a beautiful little thing on Facebook and came up to me and hugged me and kissed me and said happy Father's Day and and a few other things that I'll just keep to us and um and then uh, my, my granddaughter Caitlin over in Tennessee sent me a beautiful text, wishing me a, a Father's Day. So it's it's a great day for some. It's a hard day for those that didn't have a father to teach them right. But as I said, you have a heavenly father, or you have the opportunity to have a heavenly father to show you the right way. Amen. Amen. And and you know I feel bad for those that were abused and didn't. Their father was out of their life, or was dead or in prison or wherever they were but you know you can't use that an excuse once you come to Christ you can't use that an excuse to be dysfunctional and not take care of your own children you need to be functional and built on the word of God and realize that God will restore to you what God will restore to you what you didn't have in a father. And so uh, I, I know there's no fathers that's perfect. I've missed the mark so many times and uh, but I don't have do-overs. You don't get to have do-overs. You have it one day at a time. Amen? Amen. And then our grandson here on the front row. It's so good to see him. He's a father now and going to be father number two real soon. And and he's a good dad. He really is. And uh, I, can, can David come out of the... Uh, Ask if David can come out of the control room for a minute. I want David to just come up here for a minute if I can. Because David is, um, is kind of, um, for us, a jack of all trades. And that's not probably a good word or a good term. But David does oversees all of our video. And um, this is uh, my uh, oldest son, David. And uh, our oldest son, David. And um, I'm just grateful that that he's with us in the ministry for probably 25 years. He's been serving with us in the ministry. And, um, you know, he was in the restaurant business, but when God turned his life around, he wanted to be in the ministry with us. And a few years ago, Um, He was offered an awesome, awesome job of making lots and lots and lots of money overseeing a big staff in video, but he turned that down to stay with us, and so he just does everything around it. Every one of these boards that you see, he, he cut every one of these boards, stained every one of them, and put every one of them up. And there's many things that he does on our computers, uh, the video, it just goes on and on. He's been a single dad for 16 years. Uh, Ladies, he's single. (laughs) Um, um, I want to say it again, ladies, he's single. And,
1: um, uh, you know what it's like, don't (laughs) you?
0: Ladies, he's single. Anyway, uh, he's been divorced for 16 years, but he's an awesome dad, and I wanted to recognize him this morning because uh, he's got an eight-year-old that he's almost eight. She'll be eight in August, and he's taking care of her, raising her, and actually adopted her, his granddaughter, and little Jordan. And so I just want to applaud you here. Well, and, thank you. And, you're, 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 I get, I've get. i learned everything from you, and so you're awesome. And Happy Father's Day. I couldn't ask for a better father uh-huh. to raise me. Right. Right. From making know, me cry. Just, um, happy Father's Day. You were awesome to us. You looked after your family and made sure we had everything that we ever, uh, most of the time wanted, <laughs> but, we, we, but everything that we did need. And thank you so much for the training that you gave me. But now I can install, instill it into mine and even into the younger one. So, Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Well, I just wanted to recognize you and let you know, you know, because he's always in the control room and uh, on Sundays and, of course, on the Tuesday and, and never gets to be here. He's watching everything, but sometimes it all doesn't sink in because he's got all the things to do. And, of course, uh, Danielle and then Cheryl is also in there with him. But there's just so much to do when you do a live broadcast, and he oversees all of this, and our computers, and sometimes has to come to my house and take care of my stuff, and I know that's not his most exciting thing to do, but he never complains, he comes and helps me. So thank you, David, just wanted to recognize you, you. and uh, did you get a picture of this? Come on, let's give him a big hallelujah. And I do have um, one other thing to say is my son. He is an awesome father Amen. to his daughter. Yes. And getting ready to be uh, dad number two. <laughs> and so uh, he is very, very awesome. Amen. And Amen. happy Father's Day to him. He had a little bump in the road, I'm probably more than a bump in the road, with his health the other night. And he had us all texting one another. I mean, those texts was just flying around because we wanted to know that you're all right. Uh, because we all are close and love each other and, and want to make sure that we're looking after each other. And that's what we need to do. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, are you blessed today? I know I've taken 10 minutes already on fathers, but uh, it's worth it. And and you that hadn't quite lived up to your responsibility of being the man of the house and, and showing your wife what a... Uh, a person you are, and, and, and your children, take that time to to rise up and realize you can make the rest of your life the best of your life, and that you can be an example in your worth ethics, in your dreams, and showing them how good life can be if you work hard at it and serve the Lord with all of your heart. Amen. Amen. Well, let's just go to prayer and ask God's blessings on the message today. Father, I want to thank you for your goodness, for your love, and for your mercy. And I pray, Lord, that you will speak to hearts and lives to people throughout the the nation, the world, wherever they're watching us from, and especially to those that are here in the chapel with us that you will be a blessing to them and an encouragement to them and that you will meet their needs. In Jesus' mighty name, we ask for your anointing to flow and for every heart and life to be touched. Amen and amen. Anyway, this morning I want to try to finish my message if I can. And and I put one more word on the title. And I'm talking about living with unshakable hope. Living with unshakable hope. And I I think that's what uh, many Christians need to learn because things happen and they lose hope. Uh, As I was just mentioning about fathers, sometimes when there's no example, sometimes people lose hope. And I think that's why our prisons are full today is because many of them had no example at home to... Uh, know how to live their life and so they went the wrong direction because they wasn't loved or cared about but God loves us and he cares for us just a little humor before we get started it's always good to make sure you know what you're hoping for you know this couple was 60 years of age and they were um, uh, celebrating their 40th anniversary and somehow they got word they could ask for whatever they wanted and God would give it to them. And so, um, you know, the husband, he says, I don't believe that. You know, I don't I, I don't go for that stuff. So she said, well, I hope, I just, I would just love, I've always wanted to do a Caribbean cruise. And I'd like to have uh, uh, tickets to go on a Caribbean cruise and just... It just popped in her hands. Two tickets for a Caribbean cruise. And he said, hmm, maybe this does work. I'll try it. He said, I've always wanted a wife 30 years younger. And poom, just like that. He was 90 years old. <laughs> So every now and then, you know, uh, you need to know that you're hoping for the right thing. Because if you're hoping for the right thing, that keeps you in the right direction. Well, you know, learning to live with unshakable hope in God is a choice that you make. It just doesn't happen. You have to, you have to make a choice every day to keep hope in your vision, in your image. Hope as I said last week, is a favorable and confident expectation. So, if you're going to be successful in life, you're the one that's going to have to make that choice. You know, as I've said, sometimes people have been told they were nobody. They were told they were stupid. They were told you'll never amount to anything. But they chose to believe the word of God rather than believe the words that were spoken to them, and they had a dream, they had hope in God, and when they did, their life began to take a change, and they became not successful just financially, but they become successful in serving God, and being a good example in living a godly life, and also having financial success now you know as well as I do there's many things that can go wrong even though you're Christians and God never gave us a promise that uh, we would not have problems Um, he he didn't say that uh, things wouldn't go wrong from time to time but he did promise us that he had never leave us nor forsake us but he would go with us uh, and be with us with everything that we face. And you know, I was thinking this morning, um, uh, I was thinking this morning about the coming of the Lord. And, and you know, I don't know when the coming of the Lord is. Um, it may be before the service is over. I hardly think so, but it could be before the service is over. And some people never really spend much time about thinking about the coming of the Lord but you know what I want to be ready whenever it is and you know uh, Titus chapter 2 and verse 13 says uh, looking for that blessed hope I tell you what um, I'm going to go back up to verse 12 it says teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that we should live soberly, righteously in this present age, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that we might, might redeem us from every lawless dead and purify him and deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. And so one of the days, things that I do constantly is, I'm looking forward to that day day with great hope that one day if, if, if I don't go to heaven before that when Jesus comes I've got a hope that I'm going to be caught up in the air to meet my blessed Lord so don't ever lose that hope of saying well I've heard it all my life and preachers preached it before I was born and and my this and that and the Paul preached it but you know what it's the word of God and it does not change and it could happen at any time so I, I'm looking for that blessed hope of one day we're all going to leave this earth and we won't have to live in sorrow pain and sickness and bad things happening but we'll be with our father and with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit the rest of eternity and how long eternity is it's it's long and then it's longer and then it's longer and longer there is no end to eternity and I, I uh, you know, every day bad things happen to good people, and you know maybe you lose your job, and you know that's that's not good when you lose your job if if you know you're really dependent on that for your finances or you lose everything you have, you know I I, I know what it is to to uh, be out and be broke financially if you've been sick or perhaps your child or spouse got sick with some kind of disease. Um, uh, perhaps um, a loved one 's died recently, or maybe before, and it just broke your heart uh or your spouse leaves you <laughs> you know that that 's another sad one or or your child is on drugs and is very disconnected to you you know that's that 's sad when a child is just out there in a in a world of of um you know just just nothing no hopes no dreams nothing to to do but to flounder around and and take drugs and and be connected to the wrong people that's sad Uh, and and you know it's happening in our world a lot and I could go on and on talking about how bad things happen to people but when bad things happen you can let them destroy you or you can have hope and faith in God and, and you can have unshakable hope that will bring you through a stronger and better person. And each time we've gone through these kind of things, That's not the time that I complain and find fault. I try not to find fault and complain to begin with, but when they go wrong, that's not the time that I try to blame God, somebody else for my problem, but that's when my hope seems to rise and get stronger when I see things happening to us that is very difficult to keep hope. But I know one thing, if we've got unshakable hope, learn to live with unshakable hope no matter what's going on you know i don't like the the earth shaking i remember once we were in california and we were in this hotel it was a high floor we were on and it was a seven point something earthquake that we were in i didn't know it was an earthquake but all at once the bed began to shake back and forth and i thought what is my wife doing uh, and what's going on over there and then the Closet doors was boom boom. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. And then the clothes was swinging out back and forth. So I I, I I I don't know if it was a good thing or not. But I got up and looked out the window. <laughs> and and when I did, the, the the it was still shaking. And then it stopped. And then all at once the aftershock started. And and so I don't like shaking stuff going on, especially when it's earthquakes. And I remember in that hotel in L.A. Uh, uh, you know you can't go down the uh, elevator and and we went out in the, the hall and everybody was scramming going crazy and got down the law lo- and the lobby and believe me there's a lot of people down there that didn't have on much clothes uh they came down in their bed clothes they didn't or whatever they, they are uh, anyway we <laughs> it was quite a sight when we got in the lobby but you know uh it was, but it, it broke a lot of freeways. It, it crushed a lot of buildings. And fortunately, this particular building they we were in, it was built on rollers. And so the shaking was because it didn't fall apart. And we were grateful that we were protected. So I don't like shaking, you know, that kind of shaking. So I, that's why I'm saying let's have unshakable faith. Now, First Peter 1 and 3. And I've been reading the Passion Bible a lot lately. And uh, sometimes it really, it it is really a good uh, uh, Bible to look into and see. And in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, it said, Celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has shown us his extravagant mercy. For his fountain of mercy has given us a new life, We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We were reborn, the Bible says, to experience a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In other words, Peter says that the first result of the new birth is that we're brought into a living hope. Uh, we're brought into a living hope, and see, this is what this is what changes everything. The new birth changes everything because no matter what you've done or how you were treated, or or what went wrong in your past life, once you're reborn, you've got a living hope. You've got something different that you've never had before. If you was come up in a dysfunctional family or you were abandoned or or you don't know who your parents are on and on and on he said once you're reborn you're born into a living energetic hope in other words, Peter says the first thing that we are brought into is a living hope by the power of the Holy Spirit and based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so the God of resurrection gives us power. Uh, he gives us a powerful hope to excel in life. There's no excuse for no one. You know, I look back and, and uh, what, what's the little gentleman's name that's got no arms and legs and he's... Um, from, Nick, Nick, I can't say his last name, but but you know he was he was depressed, he was sad, he was just just feeling sorry for himself and and he had every reason you know but one day he got born again got baptized in the spirit of God and when he did with no arms and no legs couldn't do anything but now today he travels the world he preaches he gives speeches and he never feels sorry for himself and probably very wealthy now has a wife and has family with no arms and no legs and he can do more because he decided he wasn't going to feel sorry for himself of what had happened to him or the way he was born. He has energetic, living hope from God and it goes around the world telling people, don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't be beat up because of what's happened to you. Look how I was born. I, and he talked about how his first years of life because he was made fun of and, and he didn't do anything but he said, one day I found Christ and I realized I can do all things that God has called me to do through his power and through his anointing. And there's not very many things in life that this young man had not been able to do. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this excites me when I begin to think about that living hope. That God energetic, energetic living hope. Not just some kind of a picture or an image, but it's living hope. Somebody say amen. Amen. See the God of resurrection gives us a powerful hope to excel in life. See God wants you to excel. He doesn't want you just sitting around hoping that something good's going to happen to you. You have to pay, take you have to take some steps. You have to do something. And when we set back when we have a setback, don't lose hope. How many times when people, you know, you know, I know the Wilsons have just, just, just had a big setback, and and I, I feel bad that they've had this setback, but we're going to believe this setback is not going to cause them to lose hope, but we believe it's going to be their comeback. Yeah amen we believe it's going to be their comeback see let hope be your comeback from the setback to greater expectation for something better and so uh uh, the Wilsons instead of letting this setback that you guys have experienced tear you down at your age and say we don't have the money for this and and we're we're having to do this and we're having to do that your hope is in Jesus Amen? Now, some of you may remember me telling you this little experiment. I don't know if you will or not, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you again. But you know, a few years ago, my wife told a story she read, and uh, uh, I happened to hear it, and so I don't let her tell it anymore. I tell it. No, that's not true, but I did hear her tell it. And there's a story about, a, it was an experiment with rats, and uh, they, they put Uh, this big container in there filled it with water and they put three rats in there and they turned all the lights off and made it totally dark. And so these rats started swimming, but they swam for three minutes and drowned. Uh, Just, just, three minutes and and they totally drowned it. And then uh, they changed the experiment and they put three more rats in there. And when they did, they gave just a little bit of light. It was just a little bit of light. And so these three rats swam 36 hours. 36 hours. Why did the first one swim three minutes and the other three 36 hours? Because they always had hope because they could see the light. And and the reason they died after 36 hours, they swam all their energy and life out trying to get to the light. So I want to tell you something. Uh, They lived 720 hours longer because of the light that they saw Continually gave them hope. So it's important that we know God is a God of hope. Proverbs 13 and 12 says in the message translation, unremitting disappointment leaves you heartsick, but a sudden good break can turn your life around. See, disappointments does give us a sick heart sometimes. And when we get a sick heart, you know, you can stay there and and talk about your sick heart or you can talk about the God of hope, the God that will... Um, uh, uh, unrelenting disappointments leaves your heart sick but a sudden good break can turn your life around you say well what h- how do I get a good break keeping hope alive right in the middle of the time that you got a sick heart and the Don Clowers version says it this way when unscheduled events leaves you with a sick heart the unshakable living hope in God will heal your sick heart to have hope again Amen. Amen. Now, did you know that Jesus had, I mean, that hope has a name? Did you know that hope has a name? Somebody said, No, I didn't know that. Well, Jesus is his name. Jesus is the name of hope. What are you talking about, Pastor Don? Jesus is the name of hope. See, when Jesus gave up his life, he traded his worst day and he traded the worst day in human history to give us the living hope that we have today. so Jesus went through what he went through uh, for you and me, so he went through what he did to give us hope. And then uh, even though the earth turned dark and so many wept and didn't understand, God knew that the resurrection was on the way to give you and me a unshakable hope in the word of God see Jesus went through it for you so uh, Jesus in the Bible said endured the cross looking forward to the good things or looking forward to the resurrection so when I think about hope I think about Jesus every time I think about hope I think about Jesus because Jesus always looked to his father no matter what was going on so when things go wrong you don't go looking to all of somebody else I mean you have to sometimes you need to go to agencies are place or you need to seek a job or you need to do something I'm not saying that I really believe that but our hope our hope in a job our hope in something happening it all comes from God and so when we've got hope in God when we get a no that's not necessarily the end that's just what somebody said I want to say that again when we get a no that doesn't mean it's the end that's what somebody said i've had no's many times and and i didn't pay any attention to the no's i just said that's just what somebody said but god has not said no he said yes 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 we were singing about it this morning yes lord yes lord yes lord yes lord yes lord god is a god of yes he's not a god of no the only time he's a god of no is when you're trying to ask him for something that's not as well Well, somebody say, thank you, Jesus. See, throughout any season in your life in which you're being stretched and tested, it may seem that the storms are relentless. We've all been there. But always remember Jesus' words as he surrendered to the Father's will, not his will. So when it's not going right for you, Are you surrendering to the Father's will? See, when it's not going right for you, I don't understand where God is. Why did God allow this to happen to me? I don't understand. Well, instead of getting into that, you're going to lose hope. But the unshakable hope would say, Sure, We're going through these tough times. Sure, difficult things are happening to us, but greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. And God's got a path for me to walk in. I'm going to keep hope till he gets me on that path. And what's going on could be the thing just to put me on that particular road. So many times things happen to get us to put our hope in God. Is anybody here with me? Amen. Is anybody here with me? Amen. Somebody say thank you, Jesus.
1: Thank
0: you, Jesus. Uh, Wilson, could a couple of you guys uh, maybe go get me a stool. I want to do something just a little bit different. Go get me a stool. I want to sit on the stool a little while this morning. I just want to show you I can sit down. And then I can get up. See, some people sit down and they don't get up. They lose hope. Well, you know, um, David, while they're doing that, I, I want to, I, while they're doing that, I want to uh, ha- play about a minute and a half of a real sad, uh, I guess put this here in front of the. Bring it on up here. I never done anything like this live, but that's all right. Um, anyway, um, see, some people just sit down and life. And they wait for things to happen. But you know what? A real believer doesn't sit down in life and wait for things to happen. A real believer gets up. A real believer gets up. And they stand on the word. They stand on the rock. Now I might just sit here a few minutes. I don't know. I just enjoy it for a moment. Never done this before, so I'll just try it for a little bit. Anyway, in 1994, there was a... I'm going to have David or or Danielle, whoever is, running all that. In 1994, and you just got to kind of hold your breath here a little bit because it's going to be bad what I show you. But in 1994, there was a terrible genocide in Rwanda. And most of you have heard about it or know about it, but... uh, Uh, we we had a problem with our computers or I was going to show you some things that we've we've been a part of in Rwanda is the reason why I'm talking about it but uh, uh, grace for this minute and a half or whatever that I'm going to show you so go ahead and and roll the tape or the 800,000 people were slaughtered by their own government
1: This was ordinary men, women and children and the only reason that they were killed was because they were Tutsi. Virtually the entire world turned away
0: and did almost nothing to stop the genocide.
1: In retrospect, it all looks very clear, but at the time, what was happening in Rwanda, the situation was unclear. They cannot tell me that they didn't know. Everybody knew what was happening.
0: Tonight on Frontline, The full story of perhaps the darkest and most brutal tragedy of our time.
1: By the time the genocide was over, I was angry at America. America the beautiful, America the brave.
0: They are all still haunted by what
1: happened. I was the commander and hundreds of thousands of people died. I can't find any solace in statements like I did my best.
0: Now this was a horrible, horrible thing that happened in Rwanda in 1994. Almost a million people were slaughtered, murdered, mercilessly, with no mercy, in a hundred days. Our government, or no government, would do anything to stop the genocide. And it was between the Hutus and the Tutsis. The Hutus felt like they were better educated and better people than the Tutsis. And so they began to uh, kill and murder the Tutsis. And the stories that I know by having been in Rwanda and meeting people that were in the genocide, just like one woman that I, I know and um, she 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 told me you know how she watched every member in her family, her dad and every member of her family, be slaughtered with a machete, and they put them all in this big big hole, and the ones that wasn't dead they began to shoot them with a machine gun and they all died, and she fell underneath the bodies. Uh, none of the bullets or the machetes didn't get her for some reason and she was lying under all the bodies and the blood was almost strangling her and they came by later with spears to make sure that they were all dead she said but somehow the spear would always miss me and so several hours passed and she was gurgling and all the blood but she said finally I found a way to to get some air and some make a noise and someone heard me heard me and came and got me out and and I said, well, that, that's a miracle. When she was telling me the story, she said, no, it's not a miracle I lived. It's a miracle that I've been able to forgive the people that did this to me. Wow. So I want to tell you, she had unshakable hope. And on and on people that survived the genocide I've been there and I've heard stories but I'm sure some of you if you don't know them you know you might know who they are but Marlene and Darlene Check <clears throat> uh went to Rwanda after the genocide and uh, when they did they saw the, the the country and rambles and all of this after the genocide it had never totally been put back together and so Darlene and mark decided they wanted to go and spend a hundred days of Bringing hope to Rwanda and they knew they couldn't restore What had been lost, but they could bring hope you know what that's that's awesome to for somebody to want to bring hope And that's what we should have is we should want to bring hope every day of our life to someone else as well as to ourselves, and so uh, they said, we're going to have in 100 days, we're going to have different people coming from different parts of the world to do meetings, some to be doctors, some to be uh, just doing all kinds of things, dentists, and just helping people and showing them the goodness of God. And so... Uh, she asked Joyce to go, Joyce Meyer went, and she spent three days of those hundred doing a, a conference there, and thousands of people received healing in her conference. And so Darlene asked me, she said, uh, I know that God has given you an anointing to do a pastors' conferences around the world. And she said, I think what we need is in." in uh, the Rwanda is a pastor's conference. Would you go and, and and do this? So I sent Tim and David to Rwanda and they looked the situation over and, and they came back and said, Dad, this is something you should do. So we took our team and Darlene said, if you'll come and then you'll do it, I'll lead the worship for you. So Darlene Put this together, and of course, my team. We brought my team, and we are the ones. Tim and and David did all the the groundwork, and we uh, the day we opened, we had three thousand pastors, and Brian Houston was one of the speakers, and Pastor Ed King. But we had a a whole, and as I said, we got some of our footage. David's got it in a hard drive but he tried to pull up something yesterday or day before uh, so I could show you our conference there it was absolutely one of our best conferences we have ever had anywhere in the world in Rwanda but anyway uh, they They did this, and so we opened up the conference and It was absolutely powerful i mean there was a healing um, I, I mean there was a healing among the the people there because there was a sadness, a mistrust a uh, uh, pain and hurt, but on the third day. Uh, we had a special meeting between certain leaders, between the Hutus and the Tutsi pastors. And there was a great healing and forgiveness among them. And it just brought a lot of hope. And then many pastors and ministers, uh, life was there. And and actually, I was in a hotel. And and I'm just going to kind of throw this one in. Um, It doesn't mean anything. I'm just going to throw this one in. I was in a hotel and Bill Clinton happened to walk in. And uh, I had a uh, 12-minute conversation with Bill Clinton. And uh, he said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm here to bring hope to this country. He said, well, that's a good thing, Don. That's a good thing to do. He said, it's a good thing you're here. There's nothing could be better than helping these preachers out. Well, I mean, i just telling you that. I don't know that it means anything or it does mean anything. I'm just telling you, it just so happened that uh, I got to, when he walked through the door, I was standing there and, and he couldn't ignore me. Uh, uh, I stuck my hand out and and shaking hands with him anyway. And that was in Kigali. And God helped us bring hope to people. And that's what it's all about. Can you say amen? Amen. And right in Kigali. Right in Kigali, we went to other places and saw graves and stuff. And and, uh, and I did talk to Bill Clinton there, Mr. President Clinton, uh, uh, about that. And he asked me, he said, have you gone to other places and seen the devastation of the bodies and things? And I said, well, I went to the one here in Kigali and there is... Uh, You you know, you open up a thing and there's 250,000 bodies in one grave. 250,000 bodies in one grave. I saw it myself and others where there was 25,000 and others, just all kinds. And these these were, many of them, good Christian people. Why did they die? I don't know why things like this happen, but we must have unshakable hope when the worst things happen. Can you say amen to that? Amen. See, here was my prayer for the people in Rwanda. It's in Romans 15:13, And it's, May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the holy spirit you may abound and be overflowing bubbling over with hope see no matter what's going on in your life today if you can if you can come back to the word of god and let hope begin to arise God will begin to open a door for you that you can't open on your own. So you may be facing one of the worst times. Let me speak to the people uh, in the internet. You may be facing one of the worst times you've ever uh, been in in your life. Uh, but I pray that the God of hope fills you with joy, peace. That you may be abound. That you may abound and be well supplied, and overflowing with hope for your future you know sometimes you know I I have in my physical body you know in the last year or two I've I've had some struggles that I don't say much about and people say well you don't look like oh it's not what you look like Um, it's got nothing to do with what you look like but you know I never let the, the pain, the uncomfortableness, and what I've gone through take me from hoping and believing that I don't live the rest of my life this way. You know, Pastor Al often says, well, I'm going to finish my course. Well, that's me. I've got a course to finish. And I'm not here Just for my family. I love my family. And I want to be here for my family. I want to be here for you. But I want to bring hope. You know God used us in many parts of the world. And when I say used us. It doesn't mean it's over. But God used us. To bring hope. In areas where we've been in the world. That people are so far from having hope. But God sent us there. I'm not bragging on me. I'm just saying we were the vessel where God used us. And pastors that came that had little churches and had no hope of anything. And some of them today have thousands of people in their churches today because we brought hope from the Word of God. See, uh, you may be faced with, with one of the greatest things in the world, but God will give you hope if you will call on him. And you know, knowing what I was doing and I was putting this together and, and um, actually sent it to, to, to our, the one that's putting the scriptures and things up there for us. I sent it to Cheryl on, I think I sent it Friday morning, the message. But you know, I, I, I looked all week long at the word hope. Because hope is, you know, some people, uh, they discount hope. But faith can't work unless you, you got, I mean, some people only talk about faith. And it's okay to talk about faith. I talk about faith. But if you don't have hope, there's nothing for your faith to work to. And see, God can move things. God can move things that you can't move. God can change things that you can't change. God could put you at a place that you could never get there on your own. Amen? Amen. You know, I had somebody show up in the Philippines and uh, uh, I I probably couldn't have got through the secretary, but they showed up in the Philippines, landed on my platform, and gave um, our ministry $50,000. So I want to tell you something. Don't give up hope because things are not the way you want them to be. Don't give up hope. We never quit giving up hope. You know, as I said last week when our son was killed, we, we knew we wouldn't see him here on this earth, but we have a hope that we're going to be with him again. Amen. See, when the loved one goes and you can't bring them back, which we don't, we can't bring our loved ones back, but don't give up hope of being with them again. Somebody said, well, that doesn't fill the void. I didn't say that it filled the void, but you can keep hope that this is just temporarily that we have to do without them because soon we'll all be with them. As I was looking at the word hope, I I just did a few acrostics. And one of them was, have only positive expectations. Have only positive expectations. See it there on the screen? Have only positive expectations. That's what hope is. You say, well, Pastor, you, you don't understand. I just got through telling you. I may not understand your situation, but I understand when we've had things. And then I, 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 I thought about this one. I mean, I thought about many, but these are the ones I'm going to share. And, and, and hope could mean helping other people every day. Helping other people every day. How many people, how many people have you helped this week? How many, people have, how many people have you uh, reached out to and tried to encourage? Who have you tried to reach out and encourage? And so that's what hope is. Hope is helping other people every day. And then one more I'll, I'll, I'll give you and then I'll move on because the time's running out here. And this one I like as well as the others. Hold on to the promises. Hold on to the promises. Now here's the big one. Overcome adversity. Overcome adversity. And here we go. Pursue truth and believe. And then the last part of this. Endure trials patiently. So, see, when you start looking at the word "hope" and you start looking at those letters and what they could you could do to build yourself a little repertoire to look at when hope is, is fading from you, when circumstances is causing bad things to happen or bad things is happening, which is causing bad circumstances, just do you some acrostics with the word "hope," and when you do and start thinking about what is what can it be well uh, Hold on to the promise. Overcome adversity. Pursue truth and believe. Endure trials patiently. Now let me just take a couple of minutes or three here. And and y'all can give me some music for this if you want to. Because uh, this this is not good of what's happening that I'm going to talk about. But there are many people in the United States. And around the world of course. But many people in the United States that lose hope. And I think. People are looking for fulfillment. People are looking for excitement. And so, sometimes they turn to drugs and alcohol. And there's many people who lose hope and turn to drugs and alcohol. And I'm sad to say this, but there's many Christians that's in that same thing that lose hope and they turn to drugs and alcohol as well. many Christians you say well how can you be a Christian well I'm just telling you I know of many that's addicted to drugs and alcohol and God is not first place in their life but they they lost their hope so therefore they let addiction come in and so they give in to the addiction rather than hope sadly I knew this well not sadly that I knew him but I, I, I knew a great pastor He's very young this happened probably 25 30 years ago and um, he was an awesome awesome handsome man with a lovely family a great pastor and I preached in his church many times a large church but he had had an accident and got back pain well I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not. They they don't sell it in the States, but in Canada it's called 222, 222. And it's a very strong pain pill with codeine in it. And you, in many of the provinces now, because of people getting addicted to these pills, you can't buy it over the counter, but it was an over counter um, pain pill for on up until the last year or two. I mean, it just anybody could go and buy it. And uh, I don't know if you can still buy it. I know in some provinces, they stopped the purchase of it without a doctor's approval. But this pastor started taking the 222s to kill his back pain. And so, you know, he just started taking more and more and more. And he was very young. And he got addicted, so he got in his car one day and he wasn't in control, had an accident and was killed, and so he had to leave his wife and family. So addiction addiction comes from losing hope. He got his hope in the pills rather than the God of healing. And according to the National Survey on Drug and Drug Use and Health, million adults aged 12 and older battled a substance uh, use disorder in 2017. About 38% of adults in 2017 battled an illicit drug use disorder. Think about this, one out of eight adults struggle with both alcohol and drug use disorders simultaneously, wow. This is in America. Are you still here? In 2017, 8.5 million American adults suffered from both mental health disorder and substance use disorder or co-occurring disorders. Now, now listen to this, what I'm about to say. Just, just listen to this. Drug abuse And addiction cost American society more than 740 billion annually in lost workplace productivity, health care, and expenses, and crime-related costs. 740 billion because of people losing hope. Because people... Lose hope. Folks, don't let the devil get into your mind and your thoughts because you're going through something. More than one million adults, listen to this, age 65 and above, had a substance use disorder in 2017. About 978,000 of the people in the, this age group had an alcohol use disorder, and 93,000 had an illicit drug use disorder. Do you believe we need hope? Do you believe we need hope in our nation, in our world? Well, see, as I said earlier, I didn't say it the same way, but environmental factors Environmental factors of how you're brought up or what you're around many times increases a person's risk of addiction and also can include chronic home environment and abuse because many people have faced abuse even in Christian homes. And so what does it do if, if their parents are claimed to be Christians and are abusing them then they lose hope in God because they see how their parents are, are doing this. Parents' drug use or an attitude towards drug, peer influences, community attitudes towards drugs, and associating, one of the big ones, associating with wrong influences. Who are you hanging around? Who is your best friend's? Who do you get? Who, who influences you the most? Who, who influences you the most? You need to go home and think about it. who is influencing me the most. Who do I spend outside of my family? Who do I spend time with? And are they benefiting me? Are they are they causing me to rise, or am I causing them to rise, or are they dragging me down? See, First Corinthians fifteen thirty three says, "Bad bad company corrupts." good character. Now I'm obviously not going to get finished because I'm going to have to bring this to a uh, close right now. But make prayer and quiet time with the Lord a priority every day. When has been the last time that you've made prayer a priority in your life? When is the last time you've made prayer a priority in your life? When have you set an unbreakable appointment with God for prayer? I don't do it just on Sundays before church. Every day, prayer is a part of my life. See, personal time with the Lord allows you to communicate and talk with God. And also, prayer is a time for you to hear directly from God or for Him to bring Scripture to your mind to bring hope and encouragement to you. Surround yourself with people of hope. When you're standing in faith around people with hope for your healing, your finances, or increase, or other things, and you're confessing the Scriptures every day, people of hope will encourage you to keep standing strong until you see the end results or you see change come in your life. However, people who are highly developed in negativity and unbelief will be more likely to encourage you to give up. See, some people are negative about everything. Everything. Well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, well, you come out. I, I, I like to be around people that when I say that I'm going to step out and do something, that they don't start finding a reason of why I can't, but they find a reason to encourage me to follow God and do what God wants me to do. See, keep the Word of God before your eyes and ears. Listen. I don't say this just to have words to say in my message. I'm, the, I'm appealing to you with all of my heart. I'm appealing to you with all of my heart today. Everything I know to do. It's what keeps me with unshakable hope. Keep the Word of God before your eyes and your ears as much as possible each day. Keep anything against the Word of God out. Keep anything against the Word of God out. The third time, keep anything against hope in life out. Don't let negativity get in to cause you to lose hope. Going fast from news. See, some people are glued to the news. And, you know, I've watched CNN, okay? Not CNN, but. um, Fox News occasionally I, I i but some people have that on every waking hour of the day, some people have c n n on every waking hour of the day, some people have other news on but you know what take a fast from 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 fast from the the news because all you 're going to have is stuff to to snatch your hope from you by listening to the news. but if you listen to the word of God, see uh. I'll tell you another thing to do is go on a fast from social media if it's distracting you. See, if you're distracted by social media, go on a fast from that. Totally immerse yourself in God's Word. Because Satan is paddling disobedience and doubt and unbelief. Every day, he's out there peddling it one way or the other, whether it's on social media, your friends, or somebody you may know. So, why give in to the doubt and the unbelief? If you keep your attention on God's Word, you won't let it get in you. Let me turn over here real quickly and read you a verse of Scripture that I love. I love all the Scriptures. And you know, I... I, say all the time that's my favorite scripture somebody said well what is really your favorite scripture the one I call the favorite at the moment I don't know this is my favorite but it's one that I look at and it's in Proverbs 4 verse 20 my son or my daughter give attention to my words incline your ear to my sayings do not let them depart from your eyes. You say, well, I can't read the Bible all the time. Why nobody, that's not what he's saying. Don't, don't let the words depart from your eyes through the day. Remember, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. So what's in your heart? What's in your heart? Is slothfulness in your heart? Is lack in your heart? Is is no ambition in your heart? Not being around Christians in your heart? Staying with people that's of the wrong crowd? What's in your heart? Wow. So much to say. I just, Cheryl, I'm going to move on down. And if you don't keep up with me, it's okay. But He's unchanging. He sees the end from the beginning. He's never caught off guard by the unexpected. He's not victimized by moods of what people say or do. He never changes or casts a shift in shadow. James chapter 1 and verse 17. You know what? I see people that are moody. One day they're up. One day they're down. One day they're so gripey, you know, you just can't get close to them. And they call themselves Christians. You know, I have moments that I have to rise my emotions and stand up but I'm not grumpy some days I don't feel as good as others but I don't let that use be an excuse to be grumpy sometimes pastor Sharon doesn't feel as good as she did the day before and she was having a a day the other day I, I could tell she was not having a good physical day she didn't talk as much, she didn't smile as much. She wasn't her joyous self as normal, but she wasn't grumpy. Amen. Amen. See, there's a difference. You don't have to be grumpy that grumpy being grumpy is a choice. Amen. Why do people want to be grumpy? Hope will take away your grumpiness. When you got hope, you're looking forward for a favorable and confident expectation. See, God's strong. He never overpromises and underdelivers. In Romans 4.21, it said Abraham was fully convinced that God is able to do what he promised. And when there was no hope, he didn't say anything except what God said. He had hope against hope. When there was nothing to hope. In his body. He had hope in what God said. Amen. It's impossible for God to lie. He cannot lie. A rock can't swim. A hippo can't fly. A butterfly can't eat a bowl of cereal. You cannot fly. And God cannot lie. Amen. Amen. So realize it's impossible for God to lie. Hebrews 6.18 He cannot lie. He cannot lie. He never exaggerates, manipulates, or flatters. Oh my goodness. Somebody say thank you Jesus. As I finish, this is the finish. The last scripture. Titus 1 and 2 in the message. My aim is to raise hope by pointing the way of life without end. This is the life God promised long ago and He doesn't break promises. Isn't that good? God doesn't break promises. Everybody say God doesn't break promises.
1: God doesn't break promises.
0: Say it out one more time
1: God the great
0: father i 'm so grateful today for your love, for your mercy, for your goodness and I ask today, as we 're in this chapel and the people that are viewing with us, that your hearts and lives will touch people in Their area of need, those that are barely holding on, struggling with hope, give them hope. Give them hope today. Hope them not to grow weary, but let them become strong. Let hope arise. Everybody say this with me and you there. Let's pray somebody may not be right with God and they need salvation. So let's pray this prayer together. You there, wherever you are, and if you have not made Jesus Lord of your life, do it right now. Father, I come to you. Come on, say it out loud. Father, I come to you.
1: Father, I come to you. I ask
0: you to forgive me of my sin, my wrong, The times I've missed the mark. I'm sorry. I want to do the right things. I want to serve you. I want to do your will. And I ask now that you will make me whole. Restore my hope. Help me to have my hope in you every day of my life. Jesus, I make you Lord. Of my life now. And now. Now, Father, as we have prayed this prayer together, I just believe, Lord, that somehow there's divine connections, there's divine appointments for people to find that way to have that break out that they need in their life, whatever it may be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Did you get blessed today? I'll tell you, this is burning so much inside of me. For America, I hear people on her talk shows, I don't listen to them very often, but sometimes I'm flipping through and I, and I hear that the talk shows denigrate. And say so much awful things, folks. We need to get away from things that bring loss and defeat and darkness and black. And listen and watch the things that give us hope. You know, YouTube's got so many preaching on it. If you if you if you if you you, you, all you got to do is go to YouTube and you can find so much good preaching. You don't have to watch all that garbage. I mean, TV's got good stuff, but you don't have to watch all the garbage. And, and you know, we, we started to watch a movie the other night. And when we did, the first three words were bad words. I mean, it's three words, and then three words was all just bad words. I just hit the button and said, I'm not sitting here and listening to those bad words. Why would I want to sit here and have that put in my mind? I don't want to lose hope. I want to watch something if I'm going to watch a movie. I want to watch something that has a good ending. I want to watch something that's forgiveness. I want to watch where somebody falls in love or somebody finds answers, not listening to a bunch of cussing. Now that's sermon number two. Sorry about that one. Not sorry, but sorry I'm preaching number two. Are you blessed today? Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity and you that are watching give you an opportunity to sew in to experience life church just go to our website elglobal.church go to our website elglobal.church and on there you can see the the little um, square there the little picture where it says give you can give right now it's so easy to give it's so easy i do it sometimes just go on there and give so easy to do and then if you don't want to do it by uh, i know some of you promised to send an offering over the the light we were given out of the pin light and i guess you forgot Uh, a number of people promised me i'm going to send an offering And I want you to send me the pen. Well, we didn't get your offering, so we didn't send you the pen. And so we want to send you the pen, but um, I guess you forgot. So uh, do your part so that God can do His part. And you here in the sanctuary or the the, uh, chapel, I'm going to give you an opportunity to bring your tithes and offerings and put them down here. And let's just, you can come on right now. You can come on right now. You got a song
1: I really have Jesus then see
0: favorite songs one of my favorite songs i'd rather have jesus than anything carolyn perry i want to say uh happy thank you for wishing me a happy father's day and you be blessed today but i want you to stand on your feet and then we're going to close but i want you to do that one more time that's such a beautiful song and you that know it sing it along with uh uh rosa she this song i'd rather have jesus
1: brother of wow. Jesus. Jesus,
0: then you- The right one Rosa thank you so much and I want to echo that that I'd rather have Jesus and houses or land silver or gold or fame because when I got Jesus he can give you all of those things but if you're seeking those things instead of Jesus and as I said hope has got a name and that hope is Jesus So I hope I've inspired someone today um, that no matter what's going on in your life, that you'll spend some time in prayer, as I've said. Fast from negativity. Fast from negativity. Get away from it. And spend time where hope can be restored and hope can be renewed. Amen. 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 I want you to pray with us. And if anybody wants to come Tuesday night, Now, I'm gonna have one of my very dear friends with me. He's gonna be by Skype. He pastors the large church in Midland, Michigan. I've been there to preach before. We've never had him here. He preaches for Kenneth Copeland a lot in the minister's meeting. He travels probably four nights a week